0: We don't underestimate the power of the spoken word, the things we sing, the things that we declare. We don't underestimate the power of it, the strength of it, the anointing with it. We don't underestimate it. We thank you, Father. Without you, we're nothing. With you, we can do everything you tell us we can do. You've already told us everything that we can do, and we can do it because of you. Without you, we can do nothing. With you, we can do it all. We can do everything you say we can do. Lord, tonight we bless you, we honor you in the house, we thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to come together connect as the body of Jesus Christ, as the church. We honor you, we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, you're so worthy of our praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Yes, glory to God. Good evening, everybody good tonight? Yes. Glad to be in the house, right? That's right. So we've been, we've been involved in our summer reruns, summer reruns from the year, just different messages that have been preached from the year, from back starting in September we've done a few services, I mean a few messages from those services or the, the whole month. Um, in the month of October, uh, on Wednesday nights, we did a series called Loving God's House. Loving God's House. And so tonight I'm just going to bring a one word from those four messages that we taught on that and, uh, and going to bring it um, in a little bit different way tonight, a little different way, kind of. Combining all of it and adding a little bit more. Amen? Loving God's house. Loving God's house. You know, one of the things about, one of the things that you have to understand about the house of God is that, and we're going to read the scriptures to back it up, is that the house of God, which is the church, is where God is. It's where God is. It's where His focus and attention are. Um... We want to believe in the house of God and we want to love the house of God because he told us to and we'll read scriptures about it because one of these days, everybody look at me when I say this, this is just going to happen one day, but one of these days you will be here and then you will be there, Praise the Lord. one of these days. That's just that's the way it is. One day you'll be here and the next day you'll be here. And you don't want to enter into that as a piece of work. <laughs> and the only way you won't Listen to me, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The only way you won't is if you have a love for the house. Only way. You say, well, no, I have to have a personal relationship with God. Yeah, but there's only one way. There's only one way for a personal relationship with God, and that's the house. So I'm going to back all that up. 1 Kings chapter 9, and when I said that, It's not going to be tomorrow, the next day, or whatever. Uh, It'll be when you're done. Scripture says, when you're done, you'll be face to face with Him. When you're done. Everybody say, when I'm done. Amen. Amen. I'm in control of that. People think that God is in control of things, especially if someone is taken out early, but the Bible's real clear. When things happen in a, in a, in an ugly way, in a negative way, when things happen like that, it's the thief that comes to kill and steal and to destroy, right. not God. Yeah. I was, I, I just tell you this little story that just happened just the other day. I was in, um, Northern New Mexico ministering at a camp meeting that I've been a part of for about eight years, seven or eight, uh, seven or eight years, how many, however many. And, um, it's in a little town called Raton in northern New Mexico, and uh, it's about fifteen miles from the Colorado border. And um, this is my estimation of the area, and it's the estimation; it's been the estimation in days past of people that have been a part of that that the to- the town was dying out, and that the town was dead. And in two thousand and ten or eleven. Um, in other words, 2010, um, they started having this camp meeting. And out of that, a church congregation was birthed out of that camp meeting, but that camp meeting is for all the churches. And um, um, back in those days, God had given us some prophetic words to speak over that place, and we're beginning to see those things come to pass, and the church there is growing. So, you know, in essence, kind of a part of, we're a part of helping to birth that church in that little town. But some amazing things are happening. In a, lots of different kinds of, it's a small town, it's small, a lot smaller than this. But some amazing things are happening in, in that little town. And um, whatever day I left, I left Saturday. I, I preached on Thursday and Friday, and I left Saturday morning early to get back that night. And um, I got a text from David Howard two days later that on one of the nights after it was over with, some people were leaving the tent meeting, and they were driving a pretty good distance, about an hour. They'd come from about about an hour away drive or an hour and 15 minute away drive, and uh, they were... There, were, there was a van and a car driving, and they were driving down this dark uh, country road because they had gotten off the interstate to this country road to get to this man's ranch. The older man, he was 83, and his wife was in the car, and she was 81 or something, and, and, um, and they owned a ranch. And so they were going back to that ranch, and there was a van with a, with a number of men that had been to a Teen Challenge that was real near their ranch, and they were, they were, so they were traveling together. <clears throat> and it was dark, and they came upon uh, a vehicle that was pulling a pop-up tent. And <clears throat> they, as they they're following it, that thing started swerving back and forth and back and forth, so they kind of backed off, you know, from it. And it just kept swerving, swerving, swerving. Finally, that thing jackknifed, and it spun around several times. But nothing happened to it, and it got off over to the shoulder of the road and, and the trailer was on the shoulder of the road also. And uh, the older man, the farmer man, uh, got out just to see if he could help those people. And when he got out, how it happened, I don't know, but a car came over the hill the other way and clipped him. And it broke his leg and he fell in the middle of the road. One of the men, one of the Teen Challenge men, it's not teen, it's called Team Challenge, but it's the, it's the adult Uh, facility, and one of the men got out of the van, ran over to pull him out of the road, and another car came and mowed them both over, and they both died instantly. I mean, mangled, both of them, and uh, needless to say, all those people had come from the camp meeting, and uh, it really disturbed the whole camp meeting. It disturbed everything. I don't know about you, but it disturbs me, and I didn't even know the man. He wasn't even there the two nights that I preached. The, the older man was not there. Um, and it disturbed me. But what the enemy's after is the seed of the Word. He's after the seed. Because Because in the seed of the Word... Is the transformation. It's the ability for us to hear God, to know what's right, all those kind of things. And he's after, in Mark chapter 4, it says, The sower sows the word, and he comes to steal the word that's been sown. All week, at, and it was a, it's a two week camp meeting, it actually won't end until this Saturday. In that two week camp meeting, there's some amazing word that's been sown into the hearts of those people because the church is being built. The church of Jesus Christ in that city is being built and established like no other. And how about a situation like that to come to where it confuses people, gets people down? I mean, you can just think all the thoughts that come as a result of something like that. And what does that do? It gets people over into fear. Now maybe people don't want to come to the camp meeting because maybe that'll happen to them. All kinds of things can come out of that. The enemy comes to kill and steal and to destroy. God came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Can you say amen to that? I say that to you in one way. You can pray for those people up there when you think about it. Your words will mean something. Um, But I'm saying it to you because... The seed of the word is, it, it's a life and death situation. How many in here believe tonight that the angels of God encamp around about you and protect you in all of your ways? They bear you up in, your hand, in their hands lest anything come against you. How many believe that tonight? We, we, see, we actively believe that. Do other people, I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't judge what other people do. Whether, whether they believe those kind of things. But God said that is so for us, and we can believe that. See? So when something bad happens, we... we I mean, I've been on the telephone and text and all things with, with a number of different people, consoling people, ministering the Word to them, encouraging them, all those kind of things over a situation like that. I can't even imagine. This man's wife was in the truck... I mean, they're just on their way home from a camp meeting. And one of the young young men, about 25, 26, that's in Teen Challenge, came over the next day to console the lady at her house. They have a ranch and they have workers and people that are running the ranch, so it's being taken care of. But he came over to console her and he said, "Man, I I don't know what to say. And the lady looks... At the man, and he, she said to him, sir, uh, my husband loved God with all his heart, and he's with Jesus. Amen. And she looked at the, 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 the young man, and she said, what about you? <laughs> so he came to console, and she ministered life to him. You know, I, I mean, how, how can someone do that with somebody that they've been married to for 60-some-odd years? How, how, how can somebody do that? The peace of God is there when we need it. I'm not saying that it was correct, it was right. It happened. You can't go, you can't push rewind and say, you know what, let's don't take this road, let's take another one. It's already happened. So you face it, right? And she's got some goods in her. And what the enemy tried to steal, we just believe he's not going to steal from her and none of the people that are in that place and the church that's being built there. You, you, You understand what I'm saying? You know the local church that's tied to that camp meeting is four years old, and I mean there's some devastated people over that because they all knew this man and 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 his wife and, and family and all that. There's just I mean they're they're de- when I say they're devastated, that they're just confused. There's all kinds of there's things that have to be answered, and they have to be answered, but they have to be answered slowly. And by the wisdom of God and the the understanding of God and through compassion and through love and through all those kind of things, but there are answers to every situation. Can you say amen? Amen. And the hope of the world is the church. Jesus said, I'm building my church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. We have to have the church. Everything that you do has to be centered around the church. Now, you can believe what I'm saying tonight in the scriptures I'm going to read, or you can't. You don't have to. I mean, I'm not forcing anybody to believe what I'm going to talk about tonight and what, I, what I'm telling you tonight. I'm not forcing anybody to believe this and, and to take hold of it. But if you take hold of it because he said all these things, you'll flourish in your life. That's what he said. Can you say amen? Amen. So, First um, Kings 9. In verse 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you've made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually continuously, forever. Amen? My eyes and my heart are on my house. God is building His house that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Well, I thought He was building His church. Well, let's look in the New Testament. And if you've been, you know, this is a major review, but I'm I'm adding a couple things to this. It's a major review if you've been around here at all. But you cannot hear enough about being connected and loving and having a passion for what God loves. Can you say Amen? amen. having a passion for what God loves In first Timothy, uh, chapter three and verse fifteen, it says... But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The house of God, where His eyes and heart are, is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. It's the foundation of truth. I'm going to say a couple things, I'm going to say a number of different things tonight just to, just to stir your thinking and challenge you. The truth that you hear, the first and foremost truth that you listen to should be the truth that you hear in this place. Other truth, other teachings that you hear, let those be added to what you're hearing. But the truth here, you need to make first and foremost because this is the house, the church, the congregation of people that God has planted you in. And you need to value the teaching here. I'm not saying it because, because I do most of the teaching here. I'm saying it because of what he said. I'm saying what he said. So we value and we line things up and get those in perspective so that it produces. We, how, how many want life in God to produce? Okay, We can talk about it all day long, but we want it producing. And I'm saying, if you put first and love the house that he loves, where his heart and his eyes are, and that's where, his, that's where he is perpetually, eternally, forever, his focus is on the church, it'll produce for you. Amen. When you learn to love that and appreciate it in spite of it. <laughs> because the church connection... And building an association is not perfect. He is. But what he's building here, he's building through us. He's developing us, which we're the church. Yeah. And he's building us. And and the more we get built because we love what he loves, the more we become like him. That's right. it's, not, it's not valuing and saying, well, you know... Uh, what Pastor Burt teaches is not quite as good as what this guy teaches over here, so I spend more time listening to this. I promise you, you'll get even more out of what you're listening from so-and-so over here if you value what's taught here. So, so you understand, we're not, we're not discouraging you from listening to anything else because it's vitally important. You're not going to get it all here. But if you don't value this first, it won't produce in the other. So, you know, again, my thoughts my thoughts from what I'm reading here, okay? Um, Ephesians 1. Because I, I, I'm telling you today as your pastor, I have a passion. There's a passion in my heart for you to succeed and for you to fulfill and for you to find all that God has for you. There's a passion in me. But I also know... Things have to be in line a certain way for that to happen because it's not about me; it's about what He says. Look what! Look what! uh, Where did I tell you? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Look at uh, the first chapter in the uh, in the twenty second verse, and He put all things under His feet. The Father put all things under the feet of Jesus, and gave Him Jesus. To be head over all things to the church, which is his body. We're not going to read tonight in Ephesians 5 where it talks about, um, about the body of Jesus Christ. That he gave uh, some as apostles and some as prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints. So that the saints could do the work of the ministry. Okay? Okay. The picture you see here is, we see from Old Testament and in First Timothy 3, house of God Old Testament, house of God becomes the church, okay? That's where our that's where he is, that's where we need to be. If you were going to meet President Trump, would you go to Kerrville, Texas to meet him? Where would you go? You go to Washington, right? Okay, so to connect with God... Would you just go anywhere? Well, you know, I go out on the lake, and I love the lake, and I just connect with God on the lake. Anybody ever connected with God on the lake? Raise your hand if you've never been there to the lake, because I promise you, if you're on the lake, and and you're at peace with God, you'll have a greater connection at the lake than you will a lot of other places. When you're just out there in the water, and it's calm, and you realize he's a great creator and all those kind of things, but you won't get that if you don't love this Mm 1st Did you hear what I said? You won't enjoy vacations when you don't love the house. You won't won't enjoy your spouse if you don't love the house. You won't enjoy other things, that's what he said, you won't enjoy other things when you don't have a love for the house. See, there's something about the house and what it is, It's it's not a building per se, but this building represents where the church meets. Do you hear me? So here in this place, if you're to be a part of this place right here, and you're planted in this place, then here is where you need to meet with God and connect with God through the teaching, the presence of God in the place, and be able to take that and apply it to your own life, take other things that you hear and do, and apply it and put it to work, and it produces the life that you're looking for. But it's connected to the house which is the church which is his body that steps out and goes and does the work right see i mean we all go places we all do things and and not everybody knows everywhere that you go you you know i told you i was in new mexico on thursday and friday well you didn't even know i was there there's not a whole lot of reason to talk all about it just go do it and when you go out, you're going at, as the body of Christ, but it's because of what I'm connected to that I'm effective at what I do. Can you hear me? Amen. And it's the way with all of us. I don't care what it is that you do. And, and the reason is, is the next verse we're going to look at, and it's found in Psalm 92 and verse 13. Psalm 92 and 13. those who are planted in the house shall flourish in the courts of their God. Those who are planted in the house. So when I'm planted in the house and I love the house and I love the church, And I know that I'm the body of Jesus Christ when I have a love for the house and I've been with God because I put value in the things that I'm hearing and that I'm hearing taught. I'm valuing those things. That means when you come in, you know, if you have a notebook or if you have an iPad or you have an iPhone or you take a note, I mean, it may just be little things that you jot down to remind yourself because what I'm telling you tonight, he told me to tell you. You've got to love that and believe in that. It will cause you to advance. If you're just sitting there, oh, man, we heard that last October. No, there's no way you heard that last October. No way. Not all of it. Not everything. There's no way you can't comprehend all that. Not what I taught in those four Sundays. It's just bits and pieces. That's why you've got to value it, do something with it, make it a part of you, and then obey what you're hearing said. See, I have to take, every time I hear the word preached, I have to take what I hear preached, I have to go look at it for myself, and I have to make it my own. If I don't, it's just what someone else said. You understand? i got to believe it. i got to believe in it. See, if what I'm telling you tonight, if you can't believe in that, and you're just trying to believe in it, you know, it won't work for you. You have to believe it. That means... You show up every time the doors are open. That means you come and you get involved and you sow and you and, and, and you serve and you're a part of the things that are going on because it's his house, his eyes and his heart are in it, he loves it, and he wants to see it advance. Yeah. And I wanna love what he loves. I want to hate what he hates, but I want to love what he loves. And I'm telling you, he loves his house. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Ephesians five twenty five, and you can go look at that later but it says, Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves the church. Is it up there? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, the church. That's us. Exactly right. That's us. Jesus Christ loves the church. Amen? We have to love the church because he loves it but we got to believe in what he loves so we have to understand it. It's not enough to just say we love it but we got to understand why he loves it and then we've got to understand why we need to love it. I want to love what he loves. I want to hate what he hates but I've got to understand it along the way. So, two last things that I'm going to that, that I'm just going to spend the rest of my time on tonight, the last hour and a half. Um, no, I'm um, One is found in Proverbs 29. And I'm actually going to read, um, I'm going to read from four translations this one Verse. Proverbs twenty nine and uh, verse eighteen, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start with. I'm going to go through these translations, and I'm going to give you a couple of definitions of a specific word, because wh- why do we love the church? Uh, it, we don't love the church because we like everything about the church. When I'm ta- com- talking about the church, I'm talking about gates of the city where you're concerned. If you're part of this body of believers, I don't, I don't love the church because I like everything that gates of the city does. I love the church because Jesus loves the church. You understand? And what I love is what it does for me. Um, and... Sometimes we, you know, just because I'm saying something doesn't mean you're going to understand this totally. And sometimes we don't realize what we have until we don't have it. I don't want to be those, one of those kind of people. I don't want to appreciate my wife 20 years from now and realize I should have appreciated her a long time ago. You, you know what I'm saying? Vice versa. I heard a wife say, "Yeah, Amen. That's right, <laughs> 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 uh, Amen, girl." <laughs> um, but um, you, do you hear what I'm saying? I, I don't. I don't want to have regrets. I want to appreciate today, yeah. amen. right? And 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 what this verse of scripture is talking about, what it talks about here, is what. How you view the church's place in your life. Remember God, Jesus said, I'm building my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So we need to be involved in what's being built by him. And where does that start? It starts with the seed of the word. I'm not letting anything rob and steal and take that seed that's been sown in my heart. I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to keep coming back and keep coming back and I'm going to continue to be faithful because I need that word and along the way God will give you more he'll give you more revelation more understanding if you'll love what he loves yeah. and he loves the church yeah. bar none above everything else he loves the church Amen. so <clears throat> let's I think I I think I gave you all those different translations I hope I did um so, where there is no revelation in a person's life, the people cast off restraint. Everybody say restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law or the word. Um, g- g- give me just one, one of the next ones, I guess the message, yeah. Uh huh. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Say that. Most blessed. Wow. I am most blessed. Come on. Um, Then I think it's the new living. Yes. I like this. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. See, this, this is what I'm talking about that the church brings. When people don't. Except divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. And then, and then, give me the um, what do I got next? Amplified. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable, is he enviable? I didn't think envy was good. No, no, no. It's talking about other people envying what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Enviable. That person becomes, en- people want what you have. Yeah. And and uh, I can't speak for you, but, and don't misunderstand the way I'm saying this, but people envy what I have. I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how, I don't know. Well, I do know why. I, I can't be, I can't say that in a false way. I do know that because there's good things in my life because of God. Yeah. Do, you, know, you understand? I mean, shouldn't people envy us instead of people, man, I wouldn't want to be like that. Right? And it doesn't mean that everybody on the planet envies, will envy everything about you. But you, 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 you when we walk around, and get this. The Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you should, yeah. right? Don't think yeah. more highly. But you want to think highly of yourself, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. The Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. If you're not at least thinking highly of yourself, your neighbor is suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me? Your neighbor will be suffering if you're not at least thinking highly. We just don't think more highly. When I make a comment like that, I I know people envy what I have. That could sound like you're thinking or talking more highly of yourself. No, I'm just saying that they see God in me, you know. Now, there's some things in me that are still being worked out that's not everything about God at times, you understand? But I'm getting better every day because I'm planted in the house. When you're planted in the house, then you flourish in everything else that you do. People call you when they need answers to things because you know in whom you believe. I know in whom I have believed in. It's not something, not, not just that I have information, I know Him. And the way to know Him is to love the house. And when I love the house and have a passion for the house, then I become the body of Jesus Christ going into all the world and doing what I was created to do. But loving the house. Can you say amen? Give me, give me the translation that had the word restraint, I think. New King James. On that that last verse, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Um, do you have the? I don't know if you can put it up or not. I'll just put it up. The New American Standard Bible. I actually like this translation the best Um, and it says this Um, the new American standard says where there is no vision the people are unrestrained where there's no vision where does vision come from? from the house Where there is no vision, then the people are unrestrained. In other words, they're left to their own devices. They do whatever they think is right. I'm just telling you, you can't trust yourself. God set it up that way. That's where people begin to think more highly of themselves than they should think of themselves because they're not under restraint. The under-restraint comes from being connected to the house, serving in the house, being connected to people, and being able to flow with people in spite of your differences. That's the most difficult thing. You get more than five people together in one place, man, you're going to have some stuff. Hmm? Some messes and some things, and things happen, and people say things, and the things that go against, because everybody that walks in the door, every one of you here has come from a different place. So you're going to have different ideas about how you think the church should operate. That's why you need somebody to lead, and you need somebody in a place of leadership that's going to say, we're going to do this and and lay it out, line upon line, precept upon precept. That's why we read so much scripture here. Is it just Pastor Bert's way versus anybody else's way? No. God put me in this place. I'm in this place of authority for this congregation of people. And to whom much is given, much is expected and required. And I have a huge responsibility to make sure that how we flow and how this church is led is led by him. You understand? But it's going to flow through my personality. And that's what you have to like. You just have to like it. You have to agree with everything, but you have to like it. Because if you don't like it, you can be miserable. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) So the word restraint is defined as this (laughs) Amen. The word restraint is a condition. That keeps someone under control or within limits. <laughs> and it's to protect one from self. <laughs> Retra- uh, restraint is to protect you from yourself. I tell you what, Jesus saved me, but the church rescued me. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I mean, possibility I could be dead if it hadn't been for the church of Jesus Christ and the connections that I've had through the years to the church. Can you say amen to that? And I'm not saying you would be. I'm just saying there's things like that that you realize if you don't have restraint and you're not challenged to deal with yourself. Remember what I said when we first started? One day you'll be here, and the next day you'll be over there. There'll be that day. I've been reading about people that have lived the longest that they have record of. I've been studying that, been reading about the lady that lived 122 years and some odd months that they have record of. She was from Italy, uh, France. I don't know, France or Italy, one of the two. But the top 100 have lived at least 114 years. And there's eight people left living today that are at least 114 years and up, I think up to 117 right now, the oldest person somewhere, wherever she lives. And they're all women. I mean, just, just about. There's a couple guys in there, but it's mostly women. Um, and I've been studying and, and, and reading about that because I want to hear what their, their certain things that they've learned that were part of, you know, the, the key to their longevity. I, I want to hear about that. I want to hear that. I want to focus on that instead of focusing on someone that passed away at 56. Right. You know what I'm saying? Why focus on something? Let's, let's think about longevity. Yeah, I said you're going to cross over one day, but whenever, that day will be when you want it to be. Right. If you know our God. He said he would give us length of days until we're finished. No. That's what he said. Amen. 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 120 is looking good, right? <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. God wants us to not step over the other side afraid of restraint. Because I'll just tell you this, you're going you're to end up going into class 101 when you get in his presence because you will learn restraint. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just tell you this, the difference up there and here is there, there'll be no resistance to it. There'd be no devil in heaven, no resistance. But you know what? There's a greater crown involved when you overcome in the midst of the resistance. The Bible says it. There's a greater crown. But one day, you'll pass over. Let's learn it now. And we learn it by, number one, having a love for the house. Number two, having a love for what we hear preached and doing something with it. Glory be to Jesus forevermore. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to end with this. 1 Corinthians 11. And we're going to start with uh, verse 27. So, Couple things that I just, couple of notes I wrote down here that I want you to think about as we as we end this. Um, the the enemy The enemy will never just lay down. He'll never lay down and let you just have anything. Because what he's after, like with those people in Ratone, he's after the seed of the word. He comes to steal the seed that's been sown. That's what he's after. And I, I wrote this down like this. No seed, no growth, no harvest. I'm going to say it again. No seed, then there's no growth, and there's no harvest. And the seed comes when you have a love for the house. And I tell you, what you hear doesn't always become seed that has taken root until a while in. Because first and foremost, the seed of the word has to kind of get your attention. Yeah. You know, you walk in here, you've been, you know, living all kinds of ways or whatever, and your, your thinking is totally different than the things of God. Well, you're not ready for deep revelation. You've got to get your mind clear to that stuff. And sometimes it takes a long time to sit and listen, and that's why you just got to keep coming back. Can I can't tell you how many people through the years that I've told, look, just keep coming back. Yeah, but that's not going to fix my situation right now. Okay, we'll pray for you. We'll help you. Do what we can to help you in the situation. But at the end of the day, if you don't keep coming back, you're not going to get it. You have to help people to understand the love for the house and a love for hearing the word that way. Will, will establish something in you that, you that in the natural, it's very difficult to explain. You can write a book about it. There's been many books written about it. But until you really experience it, it won't produce for you. Amen? That's what we need. Um, and the other thing is, is, is this, about the house. Um, along with the word, there's serving in the house and understanding how to serve. And, and serving in spite of different situations or things that you might like or not like or something that you, well, that's not my grace gift and so I don't know if I can do that or accomplish that or not. But in this, in this body of believers, there's a lot that goes on and there's a lot that's evolving even as we're speaking right now. And I'll just, just so that I didn't miss anybody, I wrote everything down. Um, you can serve... As you go through the right channels, you can serve in worship here. You can serve in production back there. You can serve um, in the host ministry that we have here. You can serve in hospitality. We have hospitality ministry. You can serve in that. We have follow-up ministry that you can serve in. Um, You can serve in our prayer ministry. We need more and more people that are a part of prayer ministry here. You can serve in that. Uh, you can serve in the children's ministry. We really need volunteers. Uh, tonight we'll get a show of hands. How many want to be in children's ministry tonight? And no, I'm just teasing. I, I'm, I'm just saying you can serve there. You can serve in youth. We've had a kind of a sabbatical from youth ministry, but that's coming back. You can serve in that. You can serve. We, we've got a whole new thing that we're establishing in missions. And, and what missions, ministry out of this church is going to look like. I mean, I'm excited about it, and a whole new thing there. Um, we, we had a missions vision night about three weeks ago, and some things are evolving and coming to pass with that. Um, we have pastoral care, ministering to people like in hospitals or different places when there's a need that there's prayer. There's personal prayer ministry, um, and 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 if you have a personal prayer need, you know, you put, uh, put that on the website and, and they'll, the, the whole team will pray over that and believe God with you about things like that. It takes, it takes people to accomplish that. It, it, that doesn't just happen. You know, we don't, we don't just hire out. We need people that are a part of the church that, that believe in it and have a love for it to, to step out and be a part of those type of things. There's uh, connect groups that we, that we 've been doing now for a while that, that are very effective there's our Heart for the House ministry that works on on different projects around the buildings and the properties here um, there's people that clean the church here at gates of the city uh, and and there's different options, ways you could even help doing something like that, cleaning the church uh, there's upkeep outside. Not just the heart for the house group that meets, but other uh, upkeep of the property. This 122 acres takes a lot of work, and it's a work in progress. There's things that are being accomplished and completed. How many like how they they finally finished our project in the front? Everybody see it? They got the rock down on there, and the whole thing was finished and done. Amen. And and so those you know that's just one project. There's Another ninety projects to go, you know, around this place, you know, because it's we're in a work a work in project in, in progress. But you have the opportunity to give and to sew into that. That was about a twenty-two thousand dollar, twenty-one thousand dollar project, and we've had about twelve thousand dollars come into that to the, the the project in the front. You can still sew into that if you want to and, and help and, and see that accomplished. But I mean, seeing that finished for me is a huge thing for us. And, and having, having it opened in the front there, and, and now we've got to put fences and gates and signs and things where it's more inviting for people to come. It's more inviting now than it was before, but it's going to get even more inviting, right? But th- those are just visions that we have for this house to accomplish. So it's not just about you receiving the word, but being able to give back into that. You know. And I, and I said earlier about valuing the preaching here. Um, making sure that you value where you pay your tithes in in the house that that revelation comes to you, because the Bible says you you your the tithe goes according to Malachi three to the storehouse to where you're fed and if you believe in being fed first and foremost from the house, then that 's where the tithe goes offerings to other places as you sow into like the the property here or other things that we have going on that you hear. This body and this pulpit has never pressed people to give a dime for anything, ever. We just let you know opportunities to give, and when you sow into the house of God that is good ground, if you're coming here, you got to believe this is good ground, then it's going to cause you to flourish in the courts. You see, those kind of things. It's all about valuing what you do. That's about loving the house of God, loving the house that God loves. He loves his house. His eyes and his heart are in it and on it, and God wants that to continue to flourish because he wants you to flourish. Those who are planted flourish. Now, I said all that to end it with this. Number one in the, in the house, very, very important, is not casting off restraint. Believing in the house, not pulling away and casting that off. The second thing is being able to discern things for yourself. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 27, 8, and 9. Therefore, whoever eats, uh, v- uh, verse 28. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, let's see, I'm in, I'm in the wrong translation. Did I tell you where to go? New King James on this one. Verse um, Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and of the cup. These are scriptures that we read around communion and those kind of things. Verse 29, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning not discerning, the Lord's body. For this reason, because people don't discern the Lord's body, Remember, the house is the church, which is his body. And when people don't discern that correctly, it says here in verse 30, for many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. In other words, they're powerless. Because, two things, they don't judge their own hearts. Where does judgment begin? In the house. Yeah. That's why we come to the house. The house is here. We preach the word. The word will cause uh an ability in you to judge your own heart, you, you're, not, you're not called to go judge in everybody and every, what everybody else does. You're called to judge your own heart. And it begins right here. Can you say amen to that? It begins right here in the house. And when I begin to judge it, then I correctly discern what the body of Jesus Christ is really about and really for. Right. We're not here just to take up a spot on a hill. Amen? We're here to be believers that allow the Word to be sown in us and to accomplish great things so we can be that light and blessing to the rest of the world, to the people we come in contact with. Amen? That's what it's about. I mean, I could, I could have a story about every person in here. And, and so don't, you know, don't think because I'm going to use somebody and I'm going to use a story about somebody in here. Don't think that you're not important. This person's just more important. No, I'm I'm just using this as an example. Just came to me right now. Josh is sitting right here. And um, many, many years ago, Josh came into this body when we were meeting somewhere else. Who knows where we were? We met in nine different locations in Kerrville, Texas. How many were kind of a part of that? (laughs) We met in some places. Can you say amen to that? Woo, did we meet. Anyway. <clears throat> but Josh came into the body in those times. And um, there were along the way, maybe not a hundred and one, but at least fifty and one uh, opportunities for him to maybe get offended at times, or maybe leave, or get discouraged because of this thing, that thing, or the other. But over time, what happened in his life, and and, and you know, anybody that's going to be a doer of the word, and they're going to step out and believe God, man, they're going to be persecuted. Many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, oh, my God delivers me from all of them. That. Right. amen? And you know how you know you're delivered? You're sitting here tonight. Right. You didn't quit, didn't give up, didn't throw in the towel. And I've watched Josh through the years in maybe some things that didn't work the way he wanted to, rise up and overcome those things and see greater things work in his life because he didn't quit the house. And like I said, I could tell stories about many, many of you sitting in here tonight. I just had that one thought and that one story. Don't take that wrong. But I'm saying, when you don't quit, you'll reap because of what's in the seed of the word itself. That's what makes you. It's not you just not quitting. See, if you don't quit, then the seed of the Word doesn't quit. It's not just not quitting. It's that you become passionate about His house and about who He is, and you learn to realize what it's really all about. Then you don't have to pay the price of getting offended and leaving and not realizing how protected you were because of the restraint that was in your life. I've seen many 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 people and some some people in the last few months that I've seen that cast off certain restraint at different times. And I mean some horrible things that have happened to people. I mean horrible, I don't want horrible for nobody. I want good for people. You understand? But if you lose sight of this thing that I'm talking about tonight, this is one of the most important messages that needs to be preached around the world. You know, in one form or another. To have a passion and a love for what God has a love for. And you won't find yourself. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult things. The devil's going to come at you from every direction to try to steal the word. But we're not going to let him. We're just not going to let him. At the end of the day, we're just... (laughs) Who cares what he does? Who cares what he does? And there's there's days you'll wake up, some situation will happen, fears gripping your heart. But I'm just telling you, you gotta every situation that 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 rises up like that, you're you're determining. No, it's not getting the best of me. It's not getting the best of me. Right. You know you know the things that really try to get us are things that happen to us that we thought never would. You know what that's saying? You know what that's saying to you? That's saying you're growing because the, the petty little stuff that, that most people get moved by, it didn't move you, so he's hitting you from another direction. Yeah, I, yeah, but so, yeah, that's exactly right, right? <coughs> I got you, I hear, I hear you. <coughs> right? Right? That's why we can't quit, and in the not quitting, we embrace this love and passion for what God's really about. And I'm telling you tonight, I am so grateful for the power and the seed of the word. I'm so grateful how beautiful are the feet of those that have preached the word of God to me through my life and have been there for me and helped me and set things in place and in order. Um, in a relationship that I'm developing with the pastor of the church in in Raton, just, you know, He's, you know, I'm becoming like a spiritual father in that situation, you know, just from a distance, just helping them in anything that I can do. I mean, you just want good for them. You understand? You just just want them to advance. And when somebody will actually listen and learn from my mistakes, oh my gosh. I mean, he didn't realize how blessed I am to see that he could possibly listen to what I said and not fall in the same trap that I did. And that's the way we got to view life. That's why we've got to view life with everybody that we come in contact with. We have a love for the house. Can you say amen?